Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. made some of the biggest moves in the NFL over the last few years. They traded for Jalen Ramsey. They obviously traded for Matthew Stafford, but trade for Von Miller. You add Odell Beckham in there. Meanwhile, the Cincinnati Bengals were two and 14, two seasons ago, a projected win total this year, Hayden Winks of six and a half to now being in the Super Bowl with a nucleus of young players they acquired through the draft and role players that are ascending to a very high level. Two very different paths, Hayden, but both of these teams arrive at the exact same point. I believe Zach Taylor was uh, leading in first coach to be fired going into this season. So talk about the come up of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase to kind of save him from the hot seat. Absolutely love it. Our last preview of the season. Yes, it is Super Bowl 56. How we plan on doing this one. Really matchups focused. Taking each section of each side of the ball and diving into how one team can succeed there or the advantages or disadvantages they have against their opposition. And I really think, Hayden, if you just would allow me to take the wheel and carry us into our next spot here. The Bengals passing offense is where we have to start. I mean, if Cincinnati is going to have success, if they are going to win, it all starts with their passing game. That's where the investment is. It's Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase to T. Higgins to Tyler Boyd to C.J. Ozoma to Samaje P. Ryan to, to Joe Mixon. In your eyes, what should everyone be looking for here? So the first thing is how much the Bengals have changed their offense. Their four highest neutral pass rate games of the season have came in the last six weeks. And if you remove the one game where they didn't even play, that's the four of the last five games have been the highest neutral pass rates of the season. So this is a reformed offense. Uh, the key here is the type of defense the Rams play. And that's going to mm-hmm. be the interesting part. And it's actually not a good matchup for the Bengals. Looking at the Rams right now, They're light in the box at the second highest rate in the NFL against 11 personnel, which is what the Bengals use uh, basically almost every single snap. They're also in two high coverages at the third highest rate against 11 personnel, and they play zone coverage, the Rams do, at the second highest rate. So you're going to expect a lot of soft coverage. The Rams historically, the last couple seasons, have been daring teams to run the ball. Zach Taylor has done that at times. I think that he's going to be tempted to do that, but at the same time, they've gotten to the Super Bowl because – uh, the passing offense over like the last 10 weeks. So that's going to be like the little uh, battle in Zach Taylor's mind is, all right, it's not the greatest scheme matchup in the past game, but we have T Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Joe Burrow. So that's going to be the little battle here. Yeah, if we can really simplify this, and we've talked about this all season long, against single high looks, meaning a single safety at the top of the defense, Joe Burrow's eyes immediately look over to the sideline for Jamar Chase. Yep. And he is third in EPA, Joe Burrow is, in these situations. And it makes sense. No matter if it's zone or man, basically in those scenarios, you have a one-on-one with the best rookie wide receiver statistically 
of all time. And we have seen him burn defenses this way. And in fact, how they started the year very run focused until they got to the Baltimore Ravens and it spiked and it peaked was really because of these types of coverages that they saw now in two deep shells, two high safeties, T Higgins on inside breaking routes has been really important and pivotal to this team. Heck, we saw it last week against the Kansas city chiefs in a lot of ways when they needed that in overtime, when they need it in pivotal situations, his body, his long arms, his ability to win 50-50 balls, not just along the sidelines. And sometimes I'll look at him if they face single high. But against these two high safety looks, he's good. Tyler Boyd, good in finding soft spots coming out of the slot as well. But the drop is down to 18th in EPA, which is right around league average. Yeah, and all the drop, I was looking at yards per route run from Sports Info Solutions uh, against uh, two high coverages, zone defenses, those type of what we're going to see in this game. T. Higgins' yards per out run, Tyler Boyd's yards per out run, doesn't really change against zone coverage, demand coverage, all that stuff. Now, Jamar Chase's is astronomical. Against single high coverages, 3.3 yards per out run. That's elite tier. Against man coverage, 3.5 yard. You're not covering Jamar Chase against man coverage. But against too high and against zone, that drops down to 2.1 and 2.4. So all of the difference between Joe Burrow's splits against these type of defenses, it's purely... Uh, Jamar Chase. And obviously, yeah. we're going to have to talk about Jamar Chase versus Jalen Ramsey. I don't think that they're going to have to shadow him, but I think that those two are going to be going to battle a lot. And whenever it's too high and Jamar Chase is lining up against Jalen Ramsey, I think that's when the in-breaking routes come for T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. So uh, Jamar Chase could have a huge game because he's that good, but just purely based off of matchups, this looks like one of the average to maybe a little below average Jamar Chase game. Yeah, do, do you want to bring that up right now? Because... I think a lot of the analysis heading into this game is, hey, the Rams gave up a couple of years ago a whole bunch to get Jalen Ramsey. He's played in a variety of spots this year, though. Like, he's not yes. one of these standard corners who locks up half the field on the outside. For much of it, he played basically as a slot player to be as close to the football as possible to wreak havoc in that area of the field. Something kind of changed, I don't know, around week 12, week 13, week 14, when the opposition had a real alpha wide receiver. They had a true number one on the outside. He he started to you know, shift there more and more and more. So again, some of the analysis you're going to get this week is, well, Jalen Ramsey versus Jamar Chase, who's going to win that matchup? Hayden, to you, is it that easy? Because you know the Rams played the third lowest percentage of man coverage this year at just 15.6%, yep. but then also depending on releases and route combinations, zone coverage can turn into man coverage. So it does look like one-on-one matchups. Yeah. So the simplest thing is Zach Taylor does not expect Jalen Ramsey to, to cover Jamar chase or shadow him, I should say. So I, sh- I don't, I'm not smarter than Zach Taylor at football. So I'm going to go with that. I think that they're going to match up because they're going to both be playing on the outside. I think what the game plan for the Rams most likely is going to be is Jalen Ramsey is going to play a little bit in the slot, a little bit on the outside. He might, it's going to probably be based off of matchups or uh, personnel groupings and formations is how we're going to see this. I think that they will face off against each other. I don't think it's going to be that Mike Evans situation where it's very clear that Mike Evans was the alpha. Uh, T Higgins is too good to completely ignore that. So I, I'm mm. not expecting the shadow thing. I just think that the overall scheme of the Rams defense is the the bigger drive of this. And then obviously how much Joe Burrow can hang in the pocket against this defense line. 
Yeah, let, let's focus on that. I'm glad that we started off with Joe Burrow and his connection to his wide receivers and the coverage elements because I was itching to talk about the disruption that Joe Burrow has faced this year and what the Rams might bring to the table in that department. Let's just lay it out quickly with, with a few stats. 59 pressures in three games, in three playoff Damn. games Joe Burrow has faced so far. And that included you near know, the nine-sack game against the Titans. They still won. It helps that Ryan Tannehill threw three interceptions. And then against the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship, Joe Burrow was pressured 16 times and only allowed one sack. He has been incredible this season at avoiding a free rusher, avoiding three-man rushes, avoiding four-man disruptions. I mean, I would go far as to say that this team lives on Joe Burrow avoiding that pressure. And then Jamar Chase, T. Higgins beating that too high or when the defense plays single high, and that's it. But dare I say, Hayden, while the Titans' defensive line is great, while other defenses like the Ravens' defense can create pressure on Joe Burrow, this might be a bit of a different animal. When you have Von Miller, an experienced edge rusher who's already had a Super Bowl MVP in his back pocket, go up against Isaiah Prince at right tackle. You have Aaron Donald who can create a one-on-one against both struggling right guards on the Cincinnati Bengals. You have Leonard Floyd who can be moved all around. Other role players like Greg Gaines and more and more and more. Like This to me seems a bit more like a different animal and I also want to throw out the, the R word, the regression word, that how many times can you avoid that level of Chris Jones-like disruption that Joe Burrow right. did face last week when two hands were on his shoulders and two hands were on his ankles, yet he still made plays over and over and over again. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the Titans matchup from a couple weeks ago and what Joe Burrow was sacked nine times. Nine it times. was. So I, I can see it's that type of matchup where the Titans are just have, they go four or five deep on when it comes to uh, people that can uh, sack the quarterback. So yeah, obviously Aaron Donald's going to have, have his same with Vaughn Miller. So um, I'm with you, Joe Burrow. He um, can break out of contain and pick up some, some scramble yards that we saw last week, but he still gets, just gets sacked so much. Like it's, even though he's avoiding so many sacks, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter yeah. because he was he's sacked still getting once pressured so much. out of every four pressures in the regular yeah. season. And then what we just saw again, the AFC championship one out of every 16. Right. Again, this is an area where he's tremendous at, uh, you know, Ted Nguyen, who writes for the athletic did an awesome job outlining and, you know, really stating that Joe Burrow might be the next in line with Tom Brady in terms of recognizing disruption and, you know, just having small movements to avoid it. But again, this, I don't know how you can do that in three straight games in three straight games and have it be a winning formula here. They don't even know who their right guard is. They're, no. they're rotating their right guard. I mean, how, how often does that happen in a, a team going to the Super Bowl? They still don't know. I, I can't tell you who's going to be playing <laughs> right guard this week. You know me. I always talk about how healthy and cohesive offensive lines are the difference between teams being true playoff contenders. And here we are with maybe the 31st ranked offensive line in the league. And they are real contenders. Yeah. You mentioned Joe Burrow creating on third downs. I mean, he ran for first downs in the playoffs on third and seven, third and five, and third and six. He's very good. We've outlined this a lot. When the opposition sends an extra pass rusher and recognizing where his hot route is. Like when he has to play quick, Joe Burrow is tremendous there. The Rams blitzed on 28% of the time this season. However, Raheem Morris and this defense have really ramped it up in the playoffs. In three playoff games, that number is all the way up to 51.7% wow. on third downs. 
I don't know if they're going to do that. I think that part of the reason they did that last week against Jimmy Garoppolo is because he freaks out against yeah. pressure. And then they could bank on having fewer people in the back half and, you know, just asking for him to be inaccurate in, in tight spaces. I think they're going to be able to create pressure with four consistently. Like we saw that last year's Super Bowl be the ultimate difference. So I wouldn't wouldn't bank on that same rate that Raheem Morris has shown in the playoffs to show itself here in Super Bowl 56. I agree. When you blitz, you play man coverage behind it. And we just talked about all the splits with Joe Burrow against man coverage. So, yeah, I think the next conversation to have is CJ Uzoma. Uh, it sounds like he's going to try to play. He has been with the Bengals uh, his entire career, but he has a pretty bad MCL sprain. Pro uh, Football Doc uh, noted that he was on crutches, and that's pretty rare for uh, somebody with an MCL sprain. So, um, I think that they're going to still use 11 personnel when that's just like the baseline of both of these teams, 11 personnel. If it's not Uzoma, Drew Sample goes in there. I don't think anything about the offense changes, except I think that they would target the running backs a little bit more. They probably uh, target uh, Tyler Boyd a little bit more, but the, that injury doesn't really change like the dynamic of this offense. Both of these teams first and second in the usage of 11 personnel. And even when it's like third and short, these teams still use 11 personnel. So just like that same tight end, it's the same problem with Higby, but I think it's just like, it doesn't really matter next man up at that position. Let, let's close out this Bengals passing offense against the Rams passing defense block. And I just have a few points here. I mean, during the regular season, Joe Burrow had 12 completions of 50 plus yards. That's more than any quarterback of the past 20 seasons. I know that Shio Kapati of the athletic pointed that out this year and the Rams were great at preventing those explosive plays down the field. And really when you look back and I know we keep bringing it up, but these were important games against the Titans and against the Chiefs. Two screenplays were kind of like the jump start for the offense, right? It was Jamar Chase beating Fulton at the line, juking him out, and then running down the sideline. That was a great individual effort. Then it was that screen pass touchdown last week to Samaje Piran when they honestly used Chris Jones's success against the right guard against them because he was a turnstile, got up to the second level. Samaje made some Chiefs defenders miss. There's some really poor tackling as well. And he got it to the end zone. Again, three straight games of a screen pass, touchdown, jump starting your offense. Because again, let's remember the Bengals passing offense in the first half against the Chiefs. It was not good. It was non-existent. Again, this is another note to me, not to show my hand, another note to me that I don't know if the same formula can work three weeks in a row. Yeah, I have the Bengals projected in that 17 to 23 points range. Um, we'll get to my final game predict prediction at the end, but I think that's kind of the range we're living in. Which we, And they've averaged like 26 points on the season, so I think that this game projects to me to be a little bit uh, less scoring for the Bengals. And one final note, Troy Reader, who is maybe the ultimate of role players across the league in terms of being like, no offense, Troy, just a guy. He has a lot to do behind like the real five man fronts that the yeah. Rams put out there. And so he might be put in a bind in certain situations um, at the second level. But then he was asked to do that against, you know, an offensive coordinator play caller last week in, in Kyle Shanahan, who was incredible at that. And he made some really important plays and deflections, too. OK, so that covers the passing game for the Bengals. Let's shift it over to the running game for the Bengals again, weeks one through 14. The Bengals are really like middle of the pack in terms of their neutral pass rate. You outlined this. They peaked against the Ravens. And a major focus of that was getting Joe Mixon going, especially on early downs. So as we approach it here in the last three games, 17, 14, and 21 carries for Joe Mixon, 
with really hit or miss effectiveness on early downs and first down runs, what are you expecting to see for the Bengals rushing attack? I think the Bengals will run the ball a little bit more than we've been used to the last couple of games here, just because the Rams are uh, second in uh, light box percentage um, against 11 personnel. Actually, they're lighting the box on 91% of their plays against 11 personnel. Uh, that is out of control. So I think they're going to run the ball a little bit more, try to get them out of that. Uh, I think that they'll have limited success. I think that another narrative is both of these coaches at times can get pretty conservative and arguably cowardly when it comes to either running too much or kicking for field goals, all those type of decisions. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to run the ball uh, a little bit here for the running backs in particular. It's Joe Mixon as the actual running back. Uh, he's running a little bit more routes than he was used to because they've taken Chris Evans, that specialist out of the mix. And then Samaj P Ryan still playing in the critical third and fourth downs, even uh, last week, um, an obvious passing downs. It's still Samaj P Ryan. So that's going to be the split. I think that Joe Nixon will get his standard workload um, in both phases. And I think that they might pass or run the ball, like maybe a little bit more early, early in the game. Yeah. What stood out to me, the 49ers rushing attack decimates a lot of other defenses. And from snap number one, the Rams defense told them what type of day it was going to be. Yeah. I mean, they hammered them up front in the trenches. And, you know, when you think of Aaron Donald and Greg Gaines and Ashawn Robinson, who was missed a good portion of the season and now back healthy, that's a really good trio in the middle of your defense, plus on the outside of Von Miller's and Leonard Floyd's and how they can mix and match those pieces as well. And again, we talk about all the time. Joe Mixon's a really talented running back, really talented. But so much of your rushing success is built on one light boxes that you're facing off against and two, your offensive line blocking success. Maybe the Bengals are better as run blockers than they are as pass blockers, but that's not like a, a, a big bar to clear. Let's say, I think the Rams up front are fantastic against yeah. the run. And this is not a pathway of success for me. That is going to be like the foundation or a building block for the offense in this game for the Bengals. Yeah, I don't have any strong running back takes for the Bengals. It seems like it's just going to be a normal game for all of them. Okay, so we good on the Bengals end here. We are good. Okay, before we move on to the Rams side of this equation, I did want to call everyone's attention on over to the underdog pick'em lobby. You need some sweat on Super Bowl 56. You have to have it. We're going to do an entire show on player props, on pick'em, on our betting takes as well for the big game. But even if your state does not allow sports books or gambling, go and check out Underdogs Pick'em Lobby because I'm sure you'll be able to play in that. We have the special Joe Burrow line. We have everything just about on every single relevant player on offense for both the Rams and the Bengals. So again, check us out. Subscribe down below. Leave that thumbs up. And if you've never played... On underdog, we deposit and we match your first entry. So use promo code the show. If it's 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 54 bucks, whatever it is, and we will match it. Okay. That was just a quick aside. Let's dive on over since we start with the Bengals passing offense, the Rams passing offense. Matthew Stafford, counting stats, 47 touchdowns with 18 interceptions. Hayden, this season he has been incredible versus man coverage. Hello, Cooper Cup. And crazy versus the Blitz. I mean, he's first in EPA in both. What are you watching for? 
the Bengals are very unique with their defense because they can kind of play everything. If you're looking at single high, they're 16th against 11 personnel. By the way, the Rams, 84% of their plays are in 11 personnel. So you can basically throw out any of any of the other things, especially if Higby's hurt. They're not going to use a second tight end. Uh, so against 11 personnel, uh, the Bengals are 17th in two high coverage, 16th in single high coverage. They can play either one. They'll flip it and just kind of play the matchups. Man coverage, they're 13th. Zone coverage, they're 13th in usage. So they can kind of play, and they kind of, we've seen this, their matchups, uh, what defense they run is really dependent on the other team. Like last week uh, against the Chiefs, they dropped eight a bunch of times. And they played a lot of soft zone coverage behind it, or they just kept uh, hitting those crossing routes. So the Rams, are, I think, have to prepare for a little bit of everything. I think what's going to happen, because he's been so good against the Blitz, is you're going to see a lot of soft zone coverage um, similar to last week, I would not be surprised if the same narrative that we had about uh, rushing three and dropping eight was the same thing. Because Matthew Stafford, Ooh, just like Pat- just like Patrick Mahomes, he goes from like first against the other stuff, and then like twenty fourth against th- uh, th- uh, three rushers against them. So I think you're going to see a very basic uh, defense. They're going to switch it up, and then I don't think they're going to they're going to really try to take away the deep shots. And I think they're going to play a lot of basic. Uh, two deep defenses against the Rams this week. Not to get too ahead of myself, but defense coordinator Lou Anarumo only rushed three on 18 snaps against Patrick Mahomes. It's a big storyline. We talked about it on you know, the 10 plays that launched the Bengals to the Super Bowl. 12 of those came in the second half. And we know that Patrick Mahomes went seven for 14 for just 72 yards and took four sacks. Four sacks on 18 snaps. Now, if we want to say, well, why did that work then? Well, Patrick Holmes did not stay patient. He pressed a little bit. And then when you have everything flow through Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey with an extra person back there to go along the spy with Patrick Mahomes, things went haywire. And for an entire half, they could not figure out anything that would allow them to sustain drives. I think Matthew Stafford, and don't rip this quote out of my mouth right now, everyone watching. I think he's playing on a different level than Patrick Mahomes is in that environment. Okay. I think that Stafford will absolutely remain patient in that situation. I think he absolutely is going to be willing to look front side to Cooper Cup, to Tyler Higby if he's playing, to Van Jefferson. And then the secret weapon that has now emerged is the backside player in Odell Beckham on these dig routes, on that backside progression. And that is opening up everything here. And like three pass rushers, four pass rushers, even for the Bengals, there are some really good names. Trey Hendrickson is playing at a pretty high level. We saw Sam Hubbard be used as a spy. That spy is not going to work with Matthew Stafford. That's irrelevant at this point. I, You know, to me, just looking at what happened last week when Patrick Holmes and you outlined it, Hayden, that's where like he has faced that more than anyone else across the league. And it's not even close. I don't know if the sample is large enough here. Plus, they've had two weeks to prepare to do like to figure out what to do in in those moments. I'm pretty confident here that the superstars that the Rams have in their passing offense, namely the Cooper Cups, who goes for you know 2,300 yards and 20 touchdowns through 20 games a season. Crazy, crazy numbers that they're going to, unless, unless we get to the bad Stafford moments and then turnovers happen, that can derail this entire passing offense. 
Yeah, I, I was looking through the matchup data. And I really couldn't come away with anything that I think is like very clearly going to happen from the Bengals thing. I think they're going to attack this multiple different ways. I think they just do not want to blitz. Like Matthew Stafford's just owned the blitz this year. So I would be surprised if they brought a lot of pressure. The other difference between the Chiefs and the Rams is the Rams at times have been willing to run the ball. And maybe not just this year, but over McVay's uh, tenure with the Rams, they have been able to run the ball. And if I was looking at one thing, power rushing against the Bengals. They're 31st mm. in EPA per carry. Uh, they're averaging five yards per carry. If they go into a lot of the soft zone coverage and McVay wants to run the ball, they can run with power against that. And that, that's the little Sony Michelle thing. So I, I'm projecting, I'll save this for the player prop show. I think we're going to see a little bit more Sony Michelle and a little less Cam Akers than what the market thinks. I think there's some matchup reasons for that. I think that Cam Akers is playing with an injury. Uh, he has not been effective at all. And I think that Sony Michelle in the high leverage spots last week was getting the run. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if Sony Michelle gets a little more usage than we're used to, even if if the, if, if it becomes a, an, a, a spot where the Bengals are playing really effective soft zone coverage, at least I think that the Rams have an outlet that uh, Andy Reid really has not been able to do. They just do not want to run the ball. I think McVay could if he needs to. So then we shot 43 snaps against the San Francisco 49ers. Came makers only at 30. Obviously, the rushing opportunity was well in favor. It has been for quite some time in Cam makers favor there. But we know, and we talked about it prior to the Chiefs game and after the Chiefs game, the Bengals gave up chunk runs in that contest. They did the same thing in what week, week 17, where that happened. For some reason, the Chiefs just stopped running it. You know, we saw when things got stale. For the Rams this season, they leaned into power running. They added a heavy personnel, an extra tight end, an extra offensive lineman. Now, if Tyler Higby is hurt and if he you know, is questionable for this game, that switches the amount of personnel they can put on the field. But it showed balance. It allowed them to pick up difficult yards when, when they needed to. Um, can I point to exactly how many opportunities they're going to be able to create? No, that they're going to receive? No. But am I more comfortable in predicting maybe the Rams have more rushing success than the Bengals? I probably am. I yeah. probably am. I, I would agree with that take. Uh, do you have any wide receiver lean? I, I think that there are some splits with Cooper Cup yards per out run when it's five plus pass rushers. Uh, Cooper Cup's averaging five yards per out run. That's the, the those blitz numbers that Matthew Stafford's leading the league with. It's because of Cooper Cup. Uh, when it's against three or four pass rushers, which I'm expecting mostly to happen this game, that drops down from five to three yards per out run. Still super elite. Uh, but I think that the Bengals have seen what's worked against the Rams. I think that they're going to play the very basic defense. And I'd be surprised if Matthew Stafford just ripping off 60-yard pass plays uh, like he has in some of these other matchups. Yeah, I mean, the... The Rams just move everything around, you know, like just looking at slot snaps this year for Cooper Cup. He's played 785. He's been outside 424 times. It took a while, but Odell has cemented himself as like a very, very important piece, especially near the goal line here. I really don't have any true wide receiver takes here other than and maybe this can just kind of flow into our pick of this game. Um, I think the Rams won by six plus. I firmly believe that. And maybe I'm not trying to be biased against the Bengals. People who subscribe to this channel know how I felt in that game heading into the uh, contest against the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, it was 21 to 3. 21 to 3. An entire half off your offense basically took off in, in Cincinnati. The Rams are extremely balanced. The only way 
The only way the Rams do not win this game is if we get a three turnover performance from Matthew Stafford, a la Ryan Tannehill, because Tannehill had open wide receivers down the field. Their offense could have put a lot more points out there. He just folded. He did not live up to the moment. And I understand at points this year, people made jokes about the difference between Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff. We are here in a one and done scenario when we get to the playoffs. And especially with how Stafford is in command of this offense right now against a defense that to me isn't, it's good. It's solid, but it's not top tier level. Like the Rams defense might be, I am fully on board and we're going to have a full show on this in terms of betting and picks and players, but the Rams win by at least six here. I have Rams 27, Bengals 20. That's my yep. prediction. I like the Rams side. The market right now is teetering between four and four and a half. Uh, I would like the Rams side a little bit. I like the under 48 and a half. That dropped since the opening. Uh, I still like the under if I had to pick one. So I go um, 47 with the Rams scoring 27, the Bengals 20. I think it should be a close game, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is a little bit slower paced and less of a shootout than like what the actual talent uh, could produce just because offensive line concerns for the Bengals and both these coaches can get a little conservative. And uh, the boomer take is has anyone in this game played in the Super Bowl? Like the answer is like, basically like, no, most of that Rams team is, I think it's just replaced. Ricardo Allen for, yeah. the, for the Bengals. And that's and, it. I hate this matchup for the Bengals. Okay, quickly. We have about a minute left here. We both outlined the Rams path to victory. To me, it's dominant defensive line. Regression for Joe Burrow against pressure. Matthew Stafford not turning the football over more than twice, let's say. What's the pathway for the Bengals? Just outline it for me pretty quickly. How do they succeed? Is it just the explosive plays that kind of models and predictions you can't make? Because they have those type of players to make them. They made them all season long, whether it be Jamar Chase, a T. Higgins, a Joe Mixon, a Samaji Piran. Yeah, I think you got first look at turnovers um, for Matthew Stafford. If you get on the right side of the turnover battle, I think that uh, the explosive play would be the other thing. So it's, it's the high variance things. And that's kind of how the Bengals have have gotten here is a lot of high variance things going in their favor. But I think that if you're just looking at the Bengals like throughout the playoffs, I mean, this offense really hasn't been cooking that much. Really, like look at the, the Raiders game. How impressed were you with that game? Not not that impressed. The same with the Titans. The Chiefs game, it was the second half. And some of that was off of turnovers and a Samaji P run 45 yard touchdowns, which I'm not going to be projecting again. So um, great story. They have to be playing better offense. They have in the playoffs, the, the their hottest stretch was late in the regular season. They have to hit those numbers and maybe that they get like a crazy T Higgins game. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough sledding for for the Bengals. Um, but they have enough explosive plays that they could pull off the upset. But I hope they do it too, because what a story it is. Again, two and 14, just two seasons ago, quietly building, propelling to greater heights than anyone expected heading in and to finish this season. Okay. That's the matchups for both sides, the path to victory for both the Bengals and the Rams. On Tuesday, 8 p.m., our full on betting show, player props, pick them lines, all of it you can find on this channel. You're checking us out late. It's in the feed. Go and subscribe to the podcast feed as well. So we'll talk to you then. For Hayden, I'm Josh. Up the Vela. Talk to you soon, everybody. Smash that subscribe button. See ya.